Hello, everyone. It's Corporal Betts, your wellness officer, and this is the Anne County Police Department's Wellness Program Podcast. Each episode, we bring on members of our department to tackle one or more of our five pillars of wellness. This episode, I'm joined by Josh Cook, where we'll focus on spiritual well-being, talk about the organization that he co-founded called Enter the Lion. Josh, I thank you for coming on. Absolutely. I'm humbled and uh, excited to be here. Yeah, it's been a we want to get you on here for a little bit, but uh, we've been a little busy with our schedules. But before we kind of get into that, let's let's kind of start with your background. What did you do, you know, the last few years out of college? What's your uh, career like? Uh, out of college, I went right to actually left college a little bit early because I couldn't wait. <laughs> um, went to Baltimore City Police Department, fin- finished school online while I was there, and I was there about two years and. Uh, that was, I think we'll get into it a little bit later in the podcast, but I, I left for a little while trying to figure out what um, what what the Lord had for me in my life, what I wanted to do next. And um, and that path was to come back into law enforcement, which was um, coming here to Anne Arundel County. So I was here for five years and it's been an incredible five years, just absolute blast. Um, had the absolute honor to be at the training academy for the past two years. And, uh, and now we're on to new ventures, but uh headed to East Tennessee on Friday. So that will be the the next step in the journey. Yeah, so you kind of beat me to it. I was going to address the elephant in the room. So for some of some people listening might realize that Josh resigned. That's why I keep referring to him as Josh rather than Corporal Cook. So formerly known as Corporal. Formerly known as Corporal <laughs> Cook. But uh, yeah, so could you tell us a little bit about you know, your decision to resign and kind of what your future holds for you and your family? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was, it was uh, about almost a year and a half ago now that uh, my wife and I started to feel like the Lord was calling us to Tennessee, which I know might sound crazy to some people, but um, it also sounded crazy to us um, at that time. So we just kind of committed ourselves to praying about it because we never really had considered it, didn't really have it in the plans. But um, as time went on, we just praying more, seeking the Lord. The Lord just really um, manifested himself and just really made the, the calling very clear to us to the point where um, we really, we really could not, um, avoid it. And so, um, it, it, it kind of came each, each step of the way, there was kind of like different steps we were taking, like, you know, where in Tennessee we're going to live. And then the Lord would kind of reveal the town and the community we're going to become a part of. And then it was like, you know, um, at what time should we move? And kind of this whole thing was crazy, but, um, really what it came down to is just, Hey, this is where the Lord's calling us. And, uh, we're going to be obedient to that. And we're excited about the future. Um, I'll be with a local police department down there and my wife will be um, continuing nursing at a local hospital. So it was a really tough decision to resign just because we've all left jobs that we couldn't wait to, to leave, you know, where you're just like, screw this place. I'm out. Um, But it couldn't have been, that couldn't be farther from the truth for this. I, it, it was really, really bittersweet to leave here because I really have had a blessed career and I've made so many friends, had a lot of great opportunities. Um, you know, I loved working at the training academy. Um, I really enjoyed coming to work every day. So it was really tough to resign, but in the same sense, um, we're really excited to see what God has. Um, maybe we can do a follow-up in a year or so. I don't want to say everything that I think may be on the horizon, but, um, but there's definitely, um, some, some things we're excited about. So backpedal a little bit. So go back to your background. It, It sounds like being disconnected with the Lord and having, and kind of reach out to you. Did you grow up in a church? Did you um, recently find, you know, religion, spiritual well-being important, like recently, or is it 
Yeah. Uh, good question. So I, I did grow up in a uh, Christian household and I did grow up in, in a church. Um, and I really kind of made my faith my own, made that conscious decision to to follow the Lord myself um, really at the end of high school, like uh, sometime around senior year-ish. And uh, from then, it's just kind of been my, my own personal journey of just following the Lord. And um, and so, so yeah, so it was blessed to have a really great uh, upbringing background in that sense. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say that I, I grew up making it my own faith really till about high school. Sure. Yeah. It seems like people kind of come in and out of it sometimes, especially being in this line of work where you see some of the things we have to deal with yeah. and kind of think, you know, is there really, uh, you know, someone bigger than us, something greater than us? Um, sure. Um, so I think that's what ETL is so great, enter the line in your organization. So whether you've been studying the Bible for years, whether you barely know anything, you know, other than there's um, the Bible's out there. So what exactly is Enter the Lion? Because um, when I explain it, it doesn't really give it justice. Sounds, <laughs> I say it has a cool name and it has some cool logos, but what exactly is, is Enter the Lion? Yeah, so I'll, I'll do my best to, to explain it. Right. But um, so uh, our organization is, um, like you said, Tim, it's it's a, really just a resource for those who serve. Our mission is to equip and embolden those who uh, have been called to a life of service. So we primarily focus in law enforcement and uh, and military. Uh, my other co-founder is a, a captain in the Marine Corps. He's out in San Diego. Um, but our heart is really just to provide, provide resources for those in our community um, to help them with this journey uh, and really more from kind of the, the spiritual background. So whether it's online Bible studies or um, online classes, webinars, um, things like that. We have our own private social media to kind of help us connect outside the confines of traditional social media, which has censorship. And, you know, a lot of times we don't feel comfortable making ourselves public on there for security reasons, stuff like that. Um, we also have six local chapters across the country, um, three in three in Maryland, one in New Jersey and one in Texas, two in Texas, sorry. Um, that just are kind of our boots on the ground for doing outreach or local events and that kind of stuff. So we're really excited and, and humbled about it, but um, it's all just kind of like helping us understand, you know, how, like you said, I, when I first joined law enforcement, I didn't really understand how my faith connected with my vocation as a police officer, you know, and did they, and a lot of people struggle with those questions. So really our heart is to, you know, kind of help us understand what, what does scripture really say about what it means to be a warrior um, to be a cop, to be a Marine, a soldier, whatever it may be. And, you know, how can I serve with excellence, um, while also serving Christ? Um, and so that's kind of the, the short of it, of what ETL is all about. Um, so, yeah. I think it's great that it's online. Cause I mean, problems I've been having is trying to get everyone together. We all have different shifts and work different days of the week. So it's great that it's this community that's online. So you can be talking with someone that's yeah, in New Jersey or, you said there's a is there a Texas chapter? Right. Yes, there's two yeah, te two Texas chapters. Yep. So you can be talking to people across the country and just building that support, and that's what's really important with, with wellness and spiritual well being and being a police officer is having that support, that family, that network. Yeah. That's what I love about Enter the Line, especially if you're struggling to find someone um, that you can kind of connect to, or if you don't have a church, um, well, that's that's a big thing. So I actually met Josh at church. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know he was a police officer with this department. I was like, Corporal Cook, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know who that is. Josh Cook, <laughs> you, know, you know him, he's at the academy. And uh, it was pretty awesome. So the first day I went to South Shore, Josh 
came up to me and introduced himself. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm a cop. He's like, really? Me too. I was like, oh, okay. So just. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, it is cool. And there is that kind of automatic connection, like uh, just with first responders in general. Yeah. And even just, I think with military and law enforcement, because our, our calling goes deep, right? Our vocations are a little bit different, but just that calling to serve, to lay yourself down for other people, it, it's all kind of the same. So, you know, uh, there is a kind of that unique um, advantage of ETL where you just kind of automatically are enter into this family. And you know, one of my favorite um, things that we've done so far is with our online Bible study, we had a, a Bible study where we had an officer from Australia, Maryland, New Jersey, Canada, Alaska, and I think Virginia. And it was just cool to kind of step back and and look at just how how different we all were. Um, but to be connected across the entire world and to hear the officer in Australia, he was working and, you know, hear his his radio chirping with you know awesome accent. It was just it was really neat and kind of humbling. But just to see that we're all kind of you know connected, going through the same struggles, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. We all wrestle with the same stuff. And so to have that community um, is really, really cool um, and really important, um, because like you said, sometimes it's really difficult to find with our vocation, our schedule. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I recently figured that out when I was out on injury, you know, you're away from people that you see on a daily basis and it kind of go, goes back to what's your close knit family. And are you going to reach out to someone that you work next to, but it's just having that support. Um, yeah. Cause you're going to need it at some point in, in this career. Yep. So what gave you the idea to start ETL? Is there a story behind it? Did you have a calling? Yeah. So, um, really it was about i guess two and a half years ago now that uh, the lord kind of started to stir in my heart and at the same time he was stirring in uh, our co-founder billy's heart was kind of similar stuff that billy experienced in the military but as i look back on my law enforcement career when i was a young officer you know 21 22 years old you know i look back at um, some of the things i went through and i'll talk about one particular incident that kind of impacted me heavily and i just was like, you know, I, I really didn't have any mentors, um, Christian mentors or just police officer mentors that were good examples for me that I could go to and just be like, hey, what do I do here? I'm, I'm struggling with this, you know, um, and, and it really impacted me. And I was like, you know what, that we need to change that in a sense. Um, and, and police departments like Anne Arundel County are on top of it. You know, it's it really is awesome that with you being the wellness officer, we have those things in place, you know, crisis intervention and these other resources. But a lot of departments especially the smaller ones don't have sure. anything like that. So for me, um, when I was, I first got out of the academy and just gotten cut loose, I've been cut loose for about two or three weeks. Um, I was walking foot patrol in East Baltimore. It was about midnight. My partner had got called in to go do admin, which he wasn't really supposed to do, but it, they made him come in to do the paperwork. And so it was just be me by myself. And um, I'm walking down, um, Greenmount Avenue and a uh, car pulls up and they throw a soda can at me and I'm like, you know, what the heck? <laughs> so I'm a little soda pissed can. off. Yeah. So they just chuck, chuck a soda can at me and they whip around the corner and they go up the next street. And so, you know, I, I feel like Batman, I'm like cutting through alleys, trying to find the bad guys and um, actually see them a couple blocks up parked on the side of the road, brake lights are on. And I get up there and, um, you know, and I'm going to tell the story. It's full of rookie mistakes and things I wish I could have done differently, you know, but it's part of looking back. And so I tried to pull the car over on foot. I thought that would be a good idea. Even though it was occupied four times, you know, I walk up to the car 
And then of course the radio is just off the hook busy. So I don't really ever get to call the stop. I keep hitting the button, hitting the button and just can't get through. So I just go through and conduct the stop. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's the safest thing. And uh, they all kind of look at me at the same time and immediately kind of the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. And um, I'm like, you know, roll down the windows, let me see your hands, all that stuff. And I pull back. I'm still trying to get on the radio. And at this point, I'm like, this is not good. Passenger gets out, looks at me, and I very kindly, gently, you know, tell him to get him back in the car. And uh, yeah, right, right. And he takes off running. And, um, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, my first foot chase. You know, I've been waiting for this. You know, you as a rookie, you're dreaming for your first foot chase. I was so excited. So I take off after him. And and it's kind of funny because, like, I didn't even have I don't even know why I was chasing him at this point, but it's like uh, someone's running. We're chasing him, right? So um, but he was a guy that littered just, you know, cover my base. Anyways, um, so I'm chasing him and I still can't get on the radio. Finally, I'm able to just get them in a foot pursuit. We turn into this this dark abandoned lot where a, um, a, a row home had collapsed. And so he kind of turns around and faces me and I tackle him down to the ground. And I'm like, yes, I won. You know, my first foot chase got him. And then boom, he hits me in the face. And I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. You know, like you're supposed to just give up. And um, so kind of stuns me for a second. So we just kind of get into this um, all out brawl in this back alley. And I'm able to quickly kind of get out a, a general vicinity of where I think I am. I knew I was across from a certain street, a certain liquor store. Um, that's really all I knew. And then he ripped my radio off. And then at that moment, I was like, I just, it kind of sunk. I was like, this is not good. And, um, you know, being 22 years old, I had trained in some previous martial arts and I kind of thought I was a badass and I thought I was the man. And as we're fighting, I'm like, why can't I control this dude? Like, why can I not, why am I not winning? None of my punches are effective. You know, I'm kneeing him, I'm kicking him. And it's just like, it's not working. So we're back and forth, back and forth. And finally I tackle him again. And I'm so tired at this point that I'm just like, oh, should I let him go? I don't know. And I'm like, no, can't let him go. You know, got to finish this. And then he's calling for help and three of his buddies start advancing on us. And I'm like, oh, this is again, not good. And um, so I basically kind of tell them, if you come any closer, I'm going to shoot everybody. And I might have been bluffing. I don't know. I was I was I'll be honest. I was pretty scared at that point because I lost communication. I was so exhausted. I knew that I, I could not fight anybody else. Oh, you know, thank God. Right at that moment, I could see the red and blue lights bouncing off the buildings and First officer finds me, we get him handcuffed and the suspect has a fully loaded 38 in his pocket and come to find out it had been used in a shooting. Uh, it was stolen. He was a BGF member. And, um, you know, that night, nobody helped me with processing the rest. It was my second arrest I'd ever had. And uh, it took me from about 1 a.m. to 7 a.m. to sort of get it together. I went home. My wife had already gone to work. I didn't sleep like for a single minute because I just kept replaying it, replaying it, replaying it and just going over like, wow, that just the severity of that situation set in and my bubble kind of burst of like, this is not just cops and robbers. Like that could have gone a really different way, you know? And um, so just the way that agency was, I didn't sleep. I come right back in at three o'clock. They put me in the exact same post and continue to work that area. And then I find out that that particular gang put a hit out on me. Now, I don't 100% know what that means or the details behind it. You know, sometimes they do it just to flex. But as it, I didn't know anything about all I heard was someone was like, hey, they put a hit out on you. And I'm like, 
Okay, great. <laughs> so, so what next? Uh, and so then, um, continued just to work the same area. And, and at that point I, you know, the department was, um, giving me some nice pat on the backs and I got some nice recognition for that incident. But, uh, inside I was really terrified and, you know, I was, uh, I was really too afraid to tell anybody that I was pretty shook from that incident. And, um, I just, the anxiety set in that led to just not being able to sleep. I had a lot of night terrors where I would just wake up yelling or screaming. Um, I was depressed after not sleeping and, you know, being anxious all the time, you know, then it wears you out just to the point where you don't want to work out. You don't want to eat healthy. It's just like that slippery slope you go down really quick. And so then I'm kind of just becoming kind of a shell. I hate going to work. Um, you know, and, and then I was newly married at the time. So that was really drastically affecting my marriage um, to the point where, you know, what I was struggling with was really affecting my wife. So, um, you know, that whole process was something that I walked through alone. And I didn't necessarily need to walk through it alone, but I didn't know that I had anybody to just like, how do I deal with this? You know, like, how do I deal with these fears? How do I deal with this situation with this anxiety? Like, how do I how do I go past this? And so um, that's something that it took me a long time to get over and, and really, um, as difficult of a season as that was, I'm so grateful for it because it really was the Genesis for wanting to start ETL so that, you know, one, I mean, ETL is a blessing because I get to connect with so many incredible people from across the country and the world that I'm encouraged every day. But my hope is that, you know, for the younger officers out there, or even officers who aren't plugged in, that you don't have to walk through something like that alone. And I know my story is not unique in any sense. Like officers in our department have situations like that almost every night. Um, you know, it's not like my story is this incredible, badass, heroic story. It's like, no, that's what happens to our officers regularly um, and officers across the country. And so, you know, um, different incidents will shake people differently, whether it's like kids or, you know, an, an incident where you almost lose your life or a car accident. But there is always going to be that one or two or three moments in our career that just you step back and you say, whoa, like that was that was real. So, um, yeah, that really was kind of the big, big thing, big push behind ETL and, and some other things that happened after that. But just to, you know, uh, provide resources that we don't have to, to walk alone through that kind of stuff. So after that incident, I thank you for sharing that. That's I'm sorry that happened to you. Right. But again, it's it is a similar story that I've talked to officers about and um, it's just the job we deal with. But again, how do you get through that? How do you build that resilience? Know, so what kind of got you out of that that mindset of you know, I hate my job and um, you know you notice that your family was hurting a little bit so what what you do did you was there a certain person you found that started mentoring you talking to what kind of helped you yeah and that's a great question really for me it was um, after that I got plugged into a local church. And I had then a community of guys that were surrounding me that were stronger and, uh, you know, more mature than I was. Some of them were in the military. Um, some of them were not. But just to have a core group of guys where I could really be vulnerable with and just be like, hey, you know, this is what I'm wrestling with. And they could take me to scripture or they could pray with me or just, you know, even just like hanging out or just, you know, doing life together was huge. And so just then starting to understand how my faith connected with my vocation and really starting to see um, what that looks like um, and the promises that we have in Christ of, you know, if, if he's defeated death, 
um, then really what do I have to fear? And it's easy to say, but there's really, there's a journey of, of believing promises like that. So, um, yeah, it really was getting for me, getting plugged into a community of people who were further along than I was, who were more mature than I was, who really invested in me and cared for me. And it, it didn't happen overnight. It took a long time. Um, it took a long time to be faithful in investing in those friendships, but, um, you know, scripture is, uh, is ripe with examples like that. Like if you're not familiar with the friendship of Jonathan and David is one of my favorites, two incredible warriors who were, uh, vicious on the battlefield, but yet were truly tender toward one another and truly loved each other. And so just to have that kind of dichotomy of, you know, pushing one, one another to be the best warrior, the best cop or soldier you can be, but also to be, you know, well-rounded in the sense that we're, you know, going to be good husbands, good wives, good fathers, you know, and, and efficient off the, the battlefield per se as well. So then did you link up with Billy to start Enter the Line? How did that relationship kind of fold? Yeah, we actually um, met each other in high school. We roomed together in college, which was really oh, okay. neat. And so we had a um, history of just being really good friends. And, and um, when he went off to the Marine Corps, uh, we didn't lose touch. But, you know, with his deployments and things like that, it becomes difficult to, to stay really tight. Uh, he got stationed in Quantico um, for a couple of years. And at the beginning of that tour for him, we were just talking on the phone and, and it, I just kind of shared with him. I was like, I, I feel like the Lord is putting this in my heart. Like I've seen the struggles I've gone through in law enforcement. And he's like, man, I had the same things just in my first couple of deployments of just, you know, wrestling with certain things and not feeling like I had a, a resource. And so our stories are very much paralleled with his being in the Marine Corps. And so um, he was having really kind of similar thoughts and, and, and desires to start something at the same time I was. And so it was just very natural that it was just like, all right, Lord, you're clearly working in both of our hearts. Like Absolutely. what's next? So um, that was really yeah, how, how it got started with Billy. That's great. So we mentioned that ETL is kind of spread out all, all over the country, even the world, it sounds like. I'm still thinking maybe it was Officer Ram that you're, you heard on the uh, on the Zoom or the, the webinar. I wish, Ram. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to have you. Ram Ram's the man. But um, what is the local ETL chapter offer? So, um, yeah, for Anne Arundel County, it's run by Bernard Atkins. He's a detective in the vice unit. And uh, if you don't know Bernard, I couldn't speak higher about him. He's an awesome dude. And uh, he um, he has an awesome heart. But really what it looks like for right now is just uh, they meet monthly um, and they meet up in Glen Burnie uh, for coffee and prayer early in the morning. And I'm um, excited about what might stem from that. But it's just right now just kind of... Um, taking the time to invest in those friendships and, and let relationships build. Um, but I don't know that they have any events coming up soon besides their meetings, but we've done, you know, rucks together. We've done other events in DC or just um, even the, the local bodies are kind of, like I said, the, the boots on the ground for doing any kind of charitable events. So, you know, if there is an, an incident that happens in Anne Arundel County and it, someone brings it to our attention. If there's a way we can get involved, we would love to, um, whether it's as simple as buying a shift coffee or if it's more in depth than that, um, you know, and that truly is an offer. If, if, if a need, if a need arises and it's not something that can be met by the department, I would hope that, and I would ask that anyone in this department would reach out to myself or Bernard and just say, Hey, you know, this happened, this officer struggling, or this happened to this officer's family. What can we do to step in and show them love? What can we do to step in and show them some support? And I can promise you that uh, we'll do everything we can to just love them, bless them abundantly. So uh, we do have some means to do that. 
Um, but yeah, if you're looking to get plugged in, um, shoot Bernard an email. Um, you can look him up obviously on the department's uh, email address, or you can go on our website and, and shoot me an email and I'll connect you guys. But um, Bernard's an awesome dude and, and it's a great group that they have up there. So uh, I'm really going to miss them. Yeah, we're going to miss you, Josh. So the website, if you type in enterthelion.co, C-O, you'll find them, not .com. .com is being held hostage and blackmailed. They're trying to get us to pay a lot of money for it. So we do not negotiate with those kind of people. But it is out there to kind of explain more what they have. We've got the podcast, previously recorded webinars. There's another one coming up, correct? Yes. Yep. So there's all kinds of things. I'll kind of push out some of the events more. Yeah, if you have questions about it, um, Josh, how can they get in touch with you if they have questions or want to learn a little more about Enter the Lion? Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, the easiest way is if you reach out to Tim, he can give you my cell phone number. I won't put my cell phone number out here just in case, but I'd be happy to give my my cell phone number out through Tim um, or into the Academy. Um, but also Josh at enterthelion.co is an easy email address to reach me at. Um, but yeah, I'd love to stay in touch and really, honestly, whatever we can do, I can do to help support you guys would be my honor. Awesome. So how can someone get involved? What does that look like? I know when I, so I got a membership, is it more just a donation? Do you have to pay a monthly membership? What does that look like? Yeah, no, it's completely free. I mean, for certain people that um, support what we're doing and want to be financially involved, we certainly appreciate it because we don't take any money from it, but hundred percent of donations go back into it. So like a couple months ago, we were able to, to buy, I think it was 800 meals for Capitol police officers um, after some of the incidents they've gone through. And so, you know, by people who support us, all that money goes into things like that or through patches or stickers or things like that for out, outreach. But no, everything is completely free. You know, if you want to get involved with the Bible study or just get plugged in with somebody or get on our private social media to connect with people, um, or even just kind of get on our email list to see what's coming up around you. We have a, like a, um, eight week study coming up, um, probably in August. That's going to be on the life of David. That will be like a hardcore, more discipleship mentorship type study. Like you mentioned, we have another webinar coming up, um, in a month. Um, so getting involved in our email list just to kind of see what's being pushed out. And then if you have a local chapter near you, you check it out and just kind of start making, making some new friends. Cool. Yeah. Are gonna have to wrap this up soon. What's the future look like for Enterline? Great question. I don't know. Oh well, I want want to ask you about the retreats. That's something that's kind of new. You guys offer retreats too. We didn't touch on that. Yeah, um, real quick. Yeah, real quick. We had our first retreat that was uh, a couple months ago. Um, we actually held it in East Tennessee, but it, the the theme behind it is, is just to be able to provide a place where warriors can get away and take their their armor off for a weekend. So really to kind of bring them out. And, and let you abide with Jesus for a weekend and just kind of refocus you, refresh you, and then to send you back out re-equipped and energized to go complete your calling. Because that's what Enter the Lion is about. So we want to equip you to so that you can enter your calling with the boldness and courage of a lion. And it's a difficult time to be a police officer right now. So we do need to have things where you need to be able to get away and just kind of get have someone put your armor back on for you and, and send you back into battle. So um, that will hopefully become a much more regular thing. I think we'll have one in the fall. Um, but we're hoping that with part of the move, my move to Tennessee is that hopefully that that will become a much more regular thing. Um, we have scholarships for those when they come up. So um, as much as we can, we're trying to you know completely cover the cost for anyone who wants to come. So be more info on that coming soon. Awesome. Yeah, that's 
Sounds great. I hope to be able to make it down there. I've actually never been to Tennessee, so looking forward to visiting with you and kind of stay in touch, man. It's, it was sad to hear that you're leaving, but I'm excited for you. I've been, been praying about it. I know you're going to enjoy it. It's, it's a great thing for you and your family. Yeah. But, all right, we got close here. So I'd like to thank Josh for coming on and talking about his career in ETL. Wish you the best in Tennessee. You'll be missed. Thank you. Very much. I'd like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. We want to keep this going with a new episode at least every month means I need your help. If you have any interest in coming on to talk about wellness or want to suggest another department member, kind of throw them under the bus, then reach out to me, Corporal Betts. I want everyone to have the opportunity to come on and share their experiences, their stories, their life lessons, or just talk about anything related to wellness. Until next time, stay safe and stay well.